Welcome to the UIAAA Connection Podcast. Hometown Ticketing is proud to be the exclusive sponsor of the UIAAA Connection Podcast and to provide schools nationwide with the best options for digital ticketing for their events. Visit their website at hometownticketing.com to learn how they can make digital ticketing possible and simple at your school. Thank you to Hometown Ticketing for their exclusive sponsorship of the UIAAA Connection Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the UIAAA Connection. This begins the 2023 year. It also begins Season 7, Episode 1 of the UIAAA Connection. Episode 105, we have a very special guest today. We have the more famous of the Green Brothers, Lane Green, Certified <laughs> Athletic Administrator, who's the Director of Athletics at Liberty North in Kansas. And so I want everyone to know this is a special broadcast being the first one of season seven. And it's the first time, it'll mark the first time we've had brothers on the show. So welcome to the podcast, Lane. And Mark, it's great to be here. Um, I was a little jealous when you had my brother a couple of years ago, and and I'm excited that I finally get to be on the uh, podcast. Uh, one quick correction. Um, I'm in Kansas right now, but Liberty North is in Kansas on the Missouri side of the Kansas it's on state. on the Missouri line. side. Okay, yeah. so you're you're pulling the Rich Bouchard on us uh, That's living right. in Kansas, but being part. And so the first question I have before we get into it, are you parts of both state associations then? Or Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Okay. I'm a member of the MIAAA um, uh, for the Missouri side. I'm also a member of the KIAAA on the Kansas side because I spent the first 27 years of my career uh, on the Kansas go. side of the state line. And, and now I'm in my third year in Missouri. You're in Missouri, so you get the opportunity to work with Marty O'Hearn and Josh oh, Scott, yes. amongst others. Oh, Two great and guys. Mike McGurk. Oh, yes. Mike McGurk, Marty O'Hearn, Josh Scott, three of the best. And uh, uh, I was excited for Marty to be inducted to the uh, NIAAA Hall of Fame. Very well deserved for him. That's awesome. Let's have you start, Lane, being the more famous of the Green Brothers. Uh, hopefully you grew up in the same place that Lee grew up. But talk about your growing up years, where you went to college and your first job. Yeah, well, uh, I grew up in the Kansas City area. I was born on the Missouri side in Independence, just uh, a couple miles from Harry Truman's house. Mm -hmm. And uh, our family moved when I was in elementary school to to Overland Park, Kansas. Um, Lee, my brother, who's very well known in the NIAAA, was the oldest of three kids. And uh, we had a sister in between us, and she was actually the athlete, the star athlete of our family. Um, Lee and I were good athletes, but not great athletes. She was a great athlete and, and, um, the, um, went to high school and college in Kansas, graduated from the university of Kansas from the school of journalism, actually. And I worked in marketing and PR for a few years after I, um, graduated before I got into education. Um, but yes, I'm a Jayhawk at heart. So is Lee, my brother, he went to KU as an undergrad as well as law school and, um, so uh, really, Kansas City, the Midwest has been my life um, uh, for all 60 years of it. So I like it. Where was your first high school job? 
My first high school job as an athletic director was at Shawnee Mission East High School. A gentleman by the name of Art Newcomer hired me at Shawnee Mission East. I know you know Art, and anybody who's been around the NIAAA long enough knows Art. He was one of the 11 men who started the NIAAA. And uh, he's not afraid to let you know about it either. And, and to tell you the great history of the organization. Uh, also, Art was one of really two men who started the Boy, the Kansas Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Uh, Art was secretary treasurer of the NIAAA for many, many years. And that was before they had a term limit for that job. Mm -hmm. And um, um, so Shiny Mission East was my very first job. Uh, as a coach, I was a business education teacher, and just two years in education is when Art retired, and he was given the opportunity to hire his replacement. He was the only AD in the history of the school, and uh, I was fortunate enough for him to hire me to replace him as athletic director at Shine Machine. So that was my first job in education. Wow, and you followed a legend, so that would... It would be like uh, it would be like Gene Barstow trying to follow John Wooden at UCLA. Yeah, Is that a exactly. little bit difficult. That's how I felt. It was difficult. He had a very uh, experienced coaching staff. Um, I used to joke with our football coaches that uh, I think he hired the cast of Cocoon to be our football <laughs> coaching staff because they were all you know in their sixties and seventies, but they were great coaches and. Um, it, it, it was intimidating replacing Art, but Art was a great resource for me, but he, he loosened the rope enough where I had the opportunity to, to, to succeed and fail on my own. And that's what uh, I think helped me in my early days as an athletic director. Very good. Let's talk. Um, well, here's a burning question that wasn't on the list of questions I sent you. In the driveway growing up, was it you or was it Lee on the uh, on those one-on-one -on -one basketball games? Or did you split them or or how did that well, work out? No, we didn't split them. I think if it was a shooting contest horse or or something like that, I could hold my own. But if it was one-on-one, -on -one, it was Lee almost every time. Lee had not only five years seniority on me as a basketball player, mm. but Lee also has about three to four inches on me as a basketball player and as a human being. So it was really tough. Uh, I, I'd like to say I had cat-like quickness where I could get around them, but unfortunately I didn't. Yeah. Um, so we, we were, I was short and slow as a basketball player, but I could shoot. So if it was a skill game, I did all right. I held my own, but if it was just straight out basketball one-on-one, -on -one, um, no way. Lee, Lee beat me almost every time. Let's talk for a moment uh, about some of the mentors you had in your lives that made a difference. Obviously, you've already mentioned Art. You've mentioned your big yes. brother, Lee, but maybe give you a chance to speak about some other people that had an influence. Well, on you. as far as mentors, I, I like to start with my father. My father was a man that never took one hour of college credit, but he built a printing business on his own uh, from the ground up, a very successful printing company. And, and dad used to always told Lee and I, the key to success in life is to figure out what you enjoy doing and figure out how you can make money doing it. And mm -hmm. I think Lee and I both got into education, he at the collegiate level, me at the high school level. 
but for the same reason, you know, we followed our hearts, not what would make us the most money. Obviously, anybody in education knows that. Um, so my dad, his work ethic, all that, he's a great mentor. I'll also say Ted Owens. Ted Owens was the head basketball coach at the University of Kansas. Um, I, as I've already explained, I wasn't good enough to play college basketball, let alone at the D1 level, but I got to be a student manager of the basketball team. And I, I, it's the first time I had an opportunity to really work with a true leader. And this happened to be a leader of a fairly successful collegiate basketball program. And uh, so Ted Owens was definitely a mentor uh, for me. Uh, but I would say professionally, almost everybody I know in athletic administration, including yourself, uh, Mark, has been a mentor to me. Everything I've done, I've done on the shoulders of some great ADs. In the state of Kansas, uh, in particular, Art Newcomer and another man named Richard Bouchard has been mm. a real mentor to me in my career and a real encourager. And of course, Rich is a former press board member with yourself and me of the NIAAA. Yeah. And, and uh, Rich is just, he, he is such a humble, quiet, um, uh, courageous leader. And, and um, uh, Rich, I've learned so much about leadership and, and how to, maybe not how to do the, the science of leadership, uh, you know, scheduling officials, you know, making sure you organize stuff like that, but the art of leadership. I've learned so much from uh, Rich and my older brother, Lee. I've learned a lot from. Um, he got the brains in the family, as you're well aware of. And, and uh, I have uh, uh, learned a lot from my brother, uh, not just in athletic administration, my whole life I've looked up to him. And, and uh, so I've had, a, I've been very blessed with a lot of great mentors in my life. Very good. Let me, let me ask you, Lane, you've been at a few different high schools. You started, uh, so your first job was replacing art. What year was that? That was 1995. Okay. So it's 1995. Art. So here it is 28 years later. Yep. 2023. How has the job of athletic administration changed just since you've been in it? It has changed significantly. Uh, when I started out as an athletic director, number one, my biggest tools were my number two pencil and my big chief tablet. <laughs> Those were the tools of the trade. And I would say the technology the changes in those years is just off the charts. Uh, I was a district AD for 11 years and I wasn't at the building level. And when I got back to the building level a couple of years ago, the technology that, that building athletic directors uses is just off the charts compared to when I started as an athletic director. Uh, you know, when I started scheduling, it was on a giant calendar. <laughs> you use yes. a pencil. The pencil in uh -huh. the game, boy, you had to be organized doing that because now with our school today, we can set a game with uh, Mike McGurk over at least Summit North. He puts it in our school, it populates our calendar, and we're good to go. Uh, it's not, it wasn't like that when I started. So I say technology is the first uh, tool. I would say another significant change is the, the knowledge base an athletic director has to have. Um. You know, when I started, it was a little bit more, you were the guy who scheduled the games, got the workers there, 
and, and all that. It, it's changed significantly since I became an AD. Your knowledge base and the issues we have to deal with in athletic administration. And I think that's illustrated in the legal issues. You know, my brother, of course, uh, really with Dr. John Olson got that curriculum going back in the day. And they've gone from one four hour legal issues class all the way to four, four hour legal issues classes. And, and the things we have to deal with in the area of, of um, FMLA, uh, transgender issues, mm. Um, uh, Title IX, uh, the stuff we deal with now, it, it just, I, I, and this is no slight against the old timers, but, but back in the 90s, as you, you well know, Mark, mm -hmm. it, the, the stuff we had to deal with is so different than the things we have to deal with today. Some things haven't changed. You still have the overzealous parent. You know, things like that. But there has been a tremendous, it, it, it's, it's it used to be there was only one degree or two colleges that had degree in sports administration that was usc and i i, I can't remember the other one but but now almost every college in the nation has a sports management degree and um it, it's it's you, you have to have a lot of tools in your tool belt that you didn't have to have back when i started very good let's have a couple of lighter questions if you will for and, and i say this tongue in cheek for our listeners what's it like to be the most famous or the more famous of the green brothers well i i i like to think i'm the more famous i'm definitely the better looking of the green brothers yeah <laughs> not the smartest uh yeah. but you know we're all given our gifts and, and and lee was definitely given the the brains of the family he was the 4-0 student the law lawyer all that but but actually a sincere answer to that is is having lee along for this ride has been a lot of fun every year uh, he lives down in south texas now right and, and it, i always look forward to the niaa not only to reconnect with my niaa family but to reconnect with my biological family my brother lee and, sure. and, and, and being with him at conferences and our paths crossing him coming to the Kansas conference to speak. And a couple of times I've had the opportunity to come up to the Utah conference and we being there has been a lot of fun. So um, just kind of given the fact that our careers were different, he was a college professor. I was a high school teacher, AD and coach, but we are kind of on these parallel tracks with his service to the NIAAA and my involvement in the NIAAA, Art didn't give me a choice but to get involved in the NIAAA. That was sure. one command he had with me, get involved in the Kansas organization and the national organization. And that was the greatest advice he ever gave me uh, because of all I've gained from that involvement. Uh, but but yeah, yeah, I don't know if I'm the more famous of the Green Brothers. I bet if you polled athletic directors around the country, I think more of them would know the name lee green than wayne green and in fact well, I, whenever i have spoke at the conference i always give people a chance to get up and leave my presentation if they came thinking it was lee speaking rather than me so anyway it's been but fun. you you are well aware that we have this private text spring amongst the the three kansicans and myself yes. the two green brothers and uh and rich who you mentioned and yeah 
just so our listeners know, in that text string, it's quite clear that you are the more famous of the Green well, Brothers. If they say I am, I guess I am kind of like you're the most, you know, Rich Barton may think he's the most famous guy from Utah, but it's <laughs> actually Mark Hunter. <laughs> no, it's it's probably Rich, but thank you for sharing. I, let me have a quick follow-up. You talked about, I know we had you out here a couple of times, but what's it like to come to the Utah conference? And more importantly, what's it like to come to the Utah conference and be able to teach and be alongside your brother at the same time? Because that, it, it's that a lot of fun. Off. It's a lot of fun. I got to be on my game uh, because yeah. compared to him, I, I, I have this pea-sized intellect, but, but uh, no, it's been a lot of fun to come out to the conference and seeing Lee there and, and to teach alongside him and to teach alongside some of the fine people in Utah. I've had an opportunity to teach a couple of different LTI classes out there, and that's been a lot of fun. I will say the scenery in St. George, Utah is a lot better than it is in Manhattan, Kansas. <laughs> there you go. Oh, it's been, it's a beautiful state yeah. and, and uh, it's a great place to come to. Well, thank you. Before we get back to some more serious questions, I have another question I need you to share with our audience. How you cleaned up the mess your predecessor left you in the Blue Valley? Well, you know, Rich Bouchard, um, it, it took me a year just to figure out all his files and his filing system and everything like that. And yeah. uh, I can't tell you how many times I heard from our superintendent and different people in the district how happy they were for me to be in Blue Valley. Um, after the mess that Rich Bouchard left behind. But <laughs> <laughs> actually, I say that in jest. I, I had to replace two really good athletic directors, or three actually in my life. Uh, you know, of course, Art Newcomer, another guy named Jim Ader, who was the district AD in Olathe, and Rich Bouchard, tough acts to follow. And uh, Rich uh, did such a great job. He getting things kind of rolling in Blue Valley. He was the first full-time district AD there. And uh, he, he actually left the, the um, program in very strong. You mentioned following John Wood, and that's what it's kind of like to replace Rich Bouchard. So I give him a hard time. I, I do have one story about Rich, though, if I could share it real quick. Um, Absolutely. I, I left as a district AD in Olathe to come be the district AD in Blue Valley. Blue Valley is a powerhouse district in the state of Kansas. And it was a great opportunity for me to go there as Olathe is too. But when I left Olathe, I took all my Olathe gear, my polos, my quarter zip stuff, took them and got them dry cleaned and took them up to my supervisor and said, hey, this is for whoever replaces me. Ended up being a, a really good athletic director named Tim Brady. He can have these, and I have them dry clean, the dry clean bags. Well, when I was getting ready to start in Blue Valley, I was with Rich, and he said, hey, Wayne, I got something for me, and he popped his trunk of his car, and he picked up a big pile of Blue Valley attire and gave it to me. So, you know, he didn't take the time to go out and have it all dry cleaned for me. <laughs> I didn't take it home and clean it myself. But no, out of all seriousness, that's about the only thing about Rich I could say that would be halfway uh, humorous. He, he left me a, a great program to work with. Well, I'm, and I know both Lee and Rich will be listening to this and realize we know how much we appreciate him poking fun at the both of them. Yeah. Let's get back to some more serious stuff. Let's talk about your journey. In the KIAAA, now in the Missouri IAAA, and of course your journey 
in the NIAAA, which eventually took you to serving on the board. So I'll, I'll turn the time over to you. Yeah, it, you, you know, sometimes all it takes is somebody extending the invitation. And the first invitation came from Art Newcomer Lane. You got to go to the conference, the state conference for sure, if you can, the national conference. I didn't go to the national conference my first couple of years because I was still coaching high school basketball too, along with being an AD. But, but, um, I, it took art extending the invitation saying it was more of a demand. You, you go to this. And I went and I learned so much. And the greatest thing I learned every year when I go to these conferences is I'm it, it, there's ADs in Utah, there's ADs in New York, there's ADs in Maine, that Florida, everywhere going through the exact same type of problems I'm going through. And, and, and it, just to get to know the Kansas ADs from around the state was just invaluable for everywhere from the 1A level up to the 6A level. Um, I, I will say then, after going to the state conference two or three years, a guy named Jack Dressler, he was president of the organization at the time, gave me a call and said, hey, we need to fill a, a, a position on our board of directors. Would you like to be the 6A rep? You bet. So next thing I know, I'm sitting in these board meetings with all these great athletic directors, people who came before me. And I always thought I should get professional development points for being on the board because I just learned so much from these people. And then somebody stepped off the board who who actually was a former DSA winner, a guy named Mike, uh, Mark, uh, um, uh, Mike Carl, stepped off uh -huh. the board from AIDS Kansas. And I came on the board, moved over to the treasurer of the organization for a few years, and then uh, moved to the vendor rep, ran for second vice president, was fortunate enough to get that, and became president of the Kansas organization. As far as NIAAA involvement, uh, my first involvement in the NIAAA really was on the publications committee. Um, I had applied for a board position and publications was my first choice. And um, I got a call from John Evers. Wayne, we'd like you to think about being on our uh, publications committee. It was the year uh, we were, um, I think it was Dallas. I can't remember, but I went in my first year on the public, I was on the publications committee for a few years. And it was just a great experience. You talk about learning at meetings. The publications mm -hmm. committee had just some amazing people on that committee that I learned so much from. And uh, of course, Mike Blackburn was in all those meetings as well. Back with us, back when he was the uh, assistant executive director, just a great experience. People, Gary Stevens from Maine, uh, just an hour with him is worth uh, the professional development points. And 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 so then um, the opportunity came around Section Five, which is a section that Kansas and Missouri are in, and with the mm -hmm. Dakotas, Minnesota, and Nebraska had an opportunity to um, uh, get on the board of directors. I did it the easy way. I got to be the Kansas rep. So I, I applied to be on the board of Kansas or some other Kansans, but great guys that would have been great on the board too. And I had the opportunity to be on the board of directors. And this is, I think, right after you came off the board, Mark, right. I started on the board. And um, uh, three of the greatest years of my life, being on the board of directors. Um, I um, uh, I just learned so much and got to be so well connected with so many ADs, from, just great athletic directors, men and women from around the country. 
And while on the board of directors, I was appointed to the coaches education committee, which was a great committee to be on. Um, and I also uh, got to be on the subcommittee on the board that evaluated the, the executive director and the assistant executive director of the organization. And, and that was just a great committee. So I've just been so fortunate to connect myself with so many great ADs like yourself over the years, but to be plugged in and involved in the NIAAA the way I have um, has just been one of the biggest blessings of my career. And I, I feel part lucky uh, for getting to do these things. And even being on the board, you, you know, it only comes around once every about 15 years, the opportunity for somebody from right. Kansas to be on the board, unless you run for it. And, and to, to have the arc of my career kind of intersect with when that opportunity became available is amazing because there's so many great ADs that came before me. It just never had the opportunity. And, and it, it was the early two thousands when I got on the board of directors, I, I think somewhere right in there, mid two thousands. And it, yeah. when I say 2010, 11, 12, something like that. And before that, it was the nineties, the last person to be on the board from, from Kansas, other than Rich Bouchard, who ran for it and, and did it the hard way and got right. on. So very, very fortunate, very blessed. No, I remember uh, I was on the board with Rich, who was one yeah. of the at-large representatives. And I know you came on from Kansas after I had just barely left. So it's yeah. got to be, I left in 2011. <clears throat> so you were maybe 12 or 13 when you came on the board. Yeah, when any... I came on, Rich was, I think, the immediate past president. Right, they, there you go. We got to spend one year together and uh, just a great experience. Which on. is for the people out there, you think how could you have two people from Kansas that's that worked that way because uh, Kansas's turn came up and Rich was already uh, elected as the president. Yeah. If had he been on there, uh, well, if let me just say it this way for those who don't know how it works, for example, uh, Utah's turn is going to come up here in about another one or two years. Okay. And so then, so uh, Rich uh, Barton won the at-large, Jamie Sheets after him, but Utah will not be able to put a person up for the at-large because Utah has its turn on the board. Exactly. So it'll be, it'll be someone else from Section 7, so I wanted to clarify yeah, that. It was kind we of a fluke of numbers that we had for one year, two people from Kansas. So it well, yeah, well, very often. well, because because yeah. he was the past president, so that's, president, that's that right. was not a disqualifier. So yeah. do you have any, uh, do you have one or two particular experiences on the board that you feel like maybe sharing? Uh, I just know that yeah, uh, those three years that I was on the board, it was incredible. So I, I want yeah. you to share anything that comes to your mind it's, at that time on the board. It's just, well, first, I think just the relationships um, were unbelievable on the board of directors. Uh, the people I got to know and work with from around the country. I mean, you were literally a melting pot from around the country on that board of directors, uh, you know, from all four corners of the state, every section of the state. Um, you, we had a nun on the board, uh, Sister Nancy, who unfortunately Sister passed Nancy, away right. when when she was on the board, but she was amazing to work with and 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 just great people getting to know the inner workings of the United AAA. 
how it all works and, and the, the servant leadership that comes out of Indianapolis, just unbelievable. Uh, the people who run that, but as far as, as being on the board, I, I think the thing I remember the most is how hard you work at a conference. Um, <laughs> you see those people on the board wearing the blue blazers, with the NIAAA insignia. Um, and you think, you, you know, that that's a sign that they're working their tails off at the conference. And, and it's a lot of work and, and you're going from meeting to meeting, to meeting, you're working in the vendor hall at the NIAAA booth. You're, you're going to different board of uh, different subcommittee meetings and, and that type of thing. It's a lot of work, but it's a labor of love. And those three conferences were the most fun I ever had at a conference, just uh, working um, alongside those other board members and, and helping just being one small part of getting that conference up and running and, and that type of thing, uh, being on the board. But I think the biggest value, I guess, just how the NIAAA works and how hard those people in Indianapolis work to serve um, us as athletic directors out around the country. It's a first-class operation from the top, top on down. And that's well said. And let me just add for our listeners in Utah and across the nation, that's that's the key when you listen to this podcast and others and when you hear about the NIAAA and the NIAAA family, Lane here has hit the nail on the head with the amount of work that those people in the national office do and the fact that Lane chose to be involved. I chose to be involved. Many of the guests on our podcast have chose, chosen to be involved. And our message, I hope to all of our listeners is get involved. And mm-hmm. don't start, you don't have to start like, you don't have to be in the NIAAA boom right now, but get involved, get on the national faculty, get on a committee, start yeah. that network. And that is so, so important. I think back to, and I don't know if you remember this, Lane, but I, I want to say the first time we met was at the 2005 Orlando conference. And I was with Lee Mm-hmm. And Lee said, here, I want to introduce you to my brother. And I, and I had known Lee for a couple of years because we'd had him out to Utah a couple of years by then. And I had no idea. And I, I remember that's the first time we met. And I just think that you're right. Yep. That, that it's incredible that uh, and you've talked about this, as many of my other guests have the, the friends that you make, the networking that you get mm-hmm. just by attending a national conference, just by being a member of the association is incredible. So yeah. thank and you I, I, if I can interject one thing for the people who are going to be listening to this, um, cause I am the more famous of the green brother. Yeah. That <laughs> there, yeah. um, there are so many ways to get involved. And I think one of the best ways to get involved, just get your foot in the door is to be a moderator at the national conference. Sure. Uh, sign up. Uh, you're the person that introduces a speaker or a workshop session, stuff like that. Let them know if you want to speak at a workshop session, the post-conference survey, because they do follow up with those people. Uh, fill out to be on a committee. It may take you three or four years to get on a committee, but keep filling that form out uh, with your preferences because they will call you sooner or later. It's it's There's a lot of ways you can get involved. And sometimes you, you get invited to get involved, but sometimes you just got to make the move yourself and let them know you want to be involved. In, in. Great points. If I may follow up on your follow-up lane, I know in Utah we get the I get the email every year. It's early on, maybe July, August. They're always looking to fill moderator spots, even though they yeah. get some from that. And I send that out to our 
our membership is the executive director. I know the other executive directors do. So for our listeners, look for that email from your executive director yeah. in your state. And uh, you're exactly right. That's I remember my first conference was 1997 in Nashville, 25 years ago. And I went to a workshop where one of the Utah people was a moderator. And I thought, wow, they're from Utah and they got to moderate this session. How does that happen? Of course, it was my first <laughs> conference. I I left I left the Opry Land four or five days later and still didn't know my way around. Oh, yeah. That's, that's just the way it works. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Lane. Let me ask you, share your observations for your recent conference. That would be the Denver conference. Yeah. Because I know because of family issues, you won't be able to be here this year. But talk about what it was like to be in Denver after the year. So we had National Harbor. We had the, yeah. the online year in Tampa. And then we had Denver. And talk about yeah. how that extra special feeling was there. It, it was incredible. You know, it, it, this is the first year I've missed the conference other than COVID year, obviously. And even I right. attended that one virtually in, in, well, since late 90s, probably early 2000s. Um, and uh, I hated it, but I found my wife is in the hospital right. and, and I needed to be with her. Um, and uh, but that, that doesn't mean I didn't miss being at the conference, but to get back after that two year hiatus, so to speak, from going to the conference, I'm, I, I start looking forward to the conference at the first of the school year. I mean, I, you mm -hmm. know, when the materials come out, I'm so excited. I'm so pumped to go to the conference. It was just phenomenal to get back at Denver and, and to see a lot of the people from around the country I hadn't seen in a couple of years. But just to, to get that professional development uh, spark going again, it, it was just a great experience. Uh, I got to, I was fortunate enough to get to present on sportsmanship uh, at the, uh, not really sportsmanship, it was more on how coaches can intentionally, you know, teach character and sportsmanship exactly. uh, for the sport. And I got to co-present with a, a, a colleague that originally from Nebraska, now from Kansas, Kevin Zimmerman. And mm -hmm. I presented on that. I had a great time at that. And I remember at that, you came up to me. You were carrying around a little microphone, talking to people what it felt like to be back right. at the conference. And I had uh -huh. the opportunity to, to contribute to that. But it was a... Um, it was just exciting to get back. It was exciting to reconnect. It was exciting to go to workshops and, and to get to teach a workshop and, 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 uh, and, and to feel like things are getting back to normal a little bit by having an in-person conference. And that's one of the things I hated about missing this year because 2,700 ADs, I think is what ended up being somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. National conference, biggest ever. And um, in fact, Art Newcomer was in the hospital during the conference. And I went and visited Art in the hospital and told him that this thing that he started so humbly, you know, whatever, 35, 40 years ago, whatever it was, 27, it's grown into 2780s at a conference. It was exciting to get to tell him that. And um, um, yeah, yeah, I hate missing this year, but boy, Denver was phenomenal. Right. Year. I was all worried about a cold weather climate, but it was really, the weather wasn't too bad. It was a great, great opportunity to um, um, reconnect. And it was fun. Well, and thank you for sharing that, Lee. And let me just follow up. I just think your point about, <clears throat> and I, we need to remember this as ADs because our family comes first. And yeah. I, uh, you mentioned that, but 
sometimes even though we love our jobs as ad's we've mm-hmm. we've don't let's not lose track of that so i think that was very important that you said that what's the favorite part of your job lane favorite part of my job is the relationships the relationships with coaches relationships with other athletic directors uh there's a great athletic director jason cahill works at liberty high my relationship with him we're two high school district uh, he's been there a long time and uh, my relationship with him has been very rewarding my relationship um uh with athletic directors from around the country is by far i'm a relationships are important to me i i think that's the greatest part of the job i'd say the next thing is knowing that my my career meant something you you know i just didn't go manufacture widgets all day or whatever but but you know i'm in the business of kids and and that's been very rewarding as well thank you for that let me let me throw this in i realize it's a little personal maybe some of the uh Listeners will say we're tired of listening to you old guys, but when I mention this, I know that this isn't unique to me. I mentioned this earlier that there's a, a text string we have that you're on, that I'm on, that Rich Bouchard's on, that Lee's on. And when Kansas is playing, when the youths are playing, I remember I got texts yeah. when I was at the Rose Bowl last year. Kansas is usually on Monday night. We're always texting back and forth. I just think that's one of the blessings. Oh, yeah. How else would I know you three if it wasn't for the NIAAA? And now, you know, I have a yeah. rooting interest in the Jayhawks and you guys have a rooting interest in the youth. And it's, I like, I don't know how to describe, but I, but I know it's not unique to me there. I, I'll bet there's probably thousands of these little text strings across the U S oh, yeah. people are back and forth. And I think that's one of the incredible things. Just wondered what your thoughts were on that because it's certainly been a blessing in my life because yeah. my phone will go off on a Monday night and they'll say, oh, that must be your Kansas friends again. <laughs> yeah. Well, here, here's a good example. Uh, serving on the board of directors, I found out that Gary Stevens and I are the exact same age. Gary is the AD at Sacco Academy mm-hmm. or, or Thornton Academy in Sacco, Maine and uh, outside of Boston. And, and, uh, he graduated in 79. I graduated in 79. He went to Harvard. The only AD I know went to an Ivy League school. Yeah, the, same, the only one I know also. Yeah. <laughs> I went to the Harvard of the Midwest KU. Yeah, there you Harvard, go. The West coast. Um, and, and, you know, he and I were on the publications committee together and we've been pretty good friends ever since and uh, i've relied on him for a lot of input when i had questions about things and and one little thing about gary now we're both friends of the andy griffith show and and Mm. so is my brother so i actually there is an andy griffith rerun watchers fan club across nationally so i joined that and and i started the ni triple a chapter of the andy griffith rerun watchers fan club. i love it i love it and um Lee Green and Gary Stevens were charter members. If anybody's interested in being a part of that group, get a hold of me. I'm glad to that get is you. incredible. And so, so and and you know, it was that that's not that we're an active group. Uh, it was more of a joke than anything. But but those are the things that are special. You know, the people I know from all over the country. My gosh, it, it's I know people in Hawaii. They're athletic directors. Right. And, and, you know, it, it, great experience, you know, getting to know people. 
Very well like said. Let's finish up with a couple of questions, Lane. The first one being, you've got two suggestions for a brand new athletic director. Well, I think you already alluded. Yeah, I think you yeah. are already alluded to the first one, and uh -huh. that is the absolute importance of maintaining a work-life balance. It, it's it is hard to do as an athletic director because your job is it's like you're a CEO of a small company and, 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 uh, you, you know, already it's the 27th of December and I've already gotten a couple calls and some text messages today from coaches with questions about things or issues they're dealing with. Um, and, and separating the personal life from the professional mm. life is very difficult to do. And, and of course, a lot of ADs deal with this by involving their family in their professional life so much you see their kids at games with them and their spouses and that's great but the bottom line is is to be able to turn on and off is really tough and and it just to really focus on separating work from your personal life and when you're talking to your spouse don't be looking at the phone from the football mm -hmm. coach you know texting you those types of things it's hard to do as an AD, we're all kind of driven people type A to a certain degree. Um, I, I think it's really important that we maintain that work-life balance. Um, that, that would be my first piece of advice. My second piece of advice, and we've, we've hammered this the, the whole time, but get involved. Get involved in the Utah UI AAA. Get involved in whatever AAA you have in your state if you're from another state. If you can, go to the national conference, um, but definitely go to your state conference and make it a priority um, because you can learn so much. It, it's critical that you sharpen the saw as an athletic director, and you can't do that on your own. You've got to have the support of other athletic directors to do that, learn from other athletic directors. Those would be my two biggest pieces of advice. Work-life balance, get involved, uh, grow as an AD. Will Rogers said once, even if you're on the right track, you get run over if you just sit there. <laughs> and and uh, you got to be moving forward all the time because things change so fast. And um, you, the best way to grow as an AD is to connect yourself with other ADs. Very so. well said. Thank you for that advice. We'll finish with this, Lane. What question should I have asked you that I failed to ask you? Well, that that's, I don't know if you really failed to ask me anything. Um, you didn't ask me about KU playing in the Liberty Bowl tomorrow night. So, um, well, I'll, 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 I'll give you a chance to mention that. Yeah. Uh, since this will air after that, but people will. Yeah. Will yeah. So hopefully when this, or, hopefully when this does it air KU would have won the Liberty Bowl and let's hope that the Utes uh, can do it again do it this year in the Rose Bowl so well, I um, can't I can't finish up with anything better than that on that note that wraps up <laughs> this first edition not first edition the first episode of season seven the 105th episode of the UIAAA connection and the first episode of year number three of the UIAAA connection with our famous guest, the more famous of the Green Brothers, Lane Green, Certified Master Athletic Administrator. Lane, thanks so much for being on the show. Mark, it's been great. I enjoyed it.
For our listeners, we hope you tune in next week and for the rest of this year when you'll hear another edition of the UIAAA Connection. <laughs>